Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant your absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open now our lips. And our mouth shall shout forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 110 and 114. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy power out of Zion. Be thou ruler, even in the midst among thine enemies. In the day of thy power shall thy people offer themselves willingly with an holy worship. Thy young men come to see to thee as dew from the womb of the morning. The Lord swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord upon thy right hand shall wound even kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies and smite and sunder the heads over diverse countries. He shall drink of the brook in the way. Therefore shall he lift up his head. Psalm 114. When Israel came out of Egypt and the house of Jacob from among the strange people, Judah was his sanctuary, and Israel his dominion. The sea saw that and fled. Jordan was driven back. The mountains skipped like rams, and the little hills like young sheep. What aileth thee, O thou sea, that thou fleddest, and thou Jordan, that thou wast driven back? Ye mountains that ye skipped like rams, and ye little hills like young sheep. 
Tremble thou earth at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. Who turned the hard rock into a standing water, and the flint stone into a springing well. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 14th verse of the third chapter of the book of Zephaniah. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel. Be glad and be rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your enemy. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear. Zion, let not your hands be weak. The Lord your God in your midst, the Mighty One, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I will gather those who sorrow over the appointed assembly, who are among you, to whom its reproach is a burden. Behold, at that time I will deal with all who afflict you. I will save the lame and gather those who were driven out. I will appoint them for praise and fame in every land where they were put to shame. At that time I will bring you back, even at the time I gather you. For I will give you fame and praise among all the peoples of the earth. When I return your captives before your eyes, says the Lord. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 21st chapter of the Gospel according to St. John. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know them, know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. 
Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but about two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land, full of large fish, one hundred and fifty-three. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee and do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, who through thine only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, has overcome death and opened unto us the gate of everlasting life, we humbly beseech thee that, as by thy special grace preventing us, thou dost put into our minds good desires, so by thy continual help we may bring the same to good effect. Through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord. 
and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Evening, everybody. Uh, we do well to begin our uh, study tonight in Psalm 110, which is a, a sort of a coronation psalm um, that, fix, that focuses on the figure of David, if not David literally, although it is quite possible it is him, uh, then definitely on a, on a kingly figure in the manner of David. Um, and we know that because uh, the Davidic kingship, um, the, the king, uh, kingliness of David was always sort of uh, had, a, had a close relationship to the priestly ideal as well. And among all the kings, uh, it was really David and his son Solomon in which that was uh, most strongly the case. Uh, Saul had been strongly forbidden from ever exercising a kind of priestly role. Uh, and yet David and Solomon are often seen in close proximity to activities, if not outrightly performing like consecration activities that usually are reserved for priests. And so they have this kind of priest king um, identity. And that ties them in, as the psalmist says, to a, a, a an ideal, a priestly ideal that was known in the figure we met back in Genesis um, of Melchizedek, um, whose name means the king of righteousness. Um, who is also the king of a town called Salem or Salem, uh, which means peace. And so he's the king of peace and the king of righteousness. And so we have these, we have this kingly figure, David, who is king and also kind of priest with, with a bit of an asterisk next to it. Um, and this is a, this is a, you know, a, a, a type that, you know, has its fulfillment in Jesus Christ, who is a king in the line of David, who is of the tribe of Judah. And yet is also a priest and the author of Hebrews that we've been reading this week gives us the, you know, gives us the, the outright statement that he is the one that Psalm 110 is referring to ultimately, um, that he is a king and he is also a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And as Deacon John has helpfully pointed out in past lessons, um, you know, this, this definitely, this, this was necessary to point out because, uh, you know, being of the tribe of Judah, he, uh, a, a, Judah, a Judahite could not be um, a part of the, uh, the part of the Levitical priesthood not being born into the house of Levi. Um, and so this, this gives us this identity. And then as we, as we talk about the activity of this person, um, in Psalm 110 and 114, we get the dual identity of both a conquering king and also a redeemer uh, as well. The, and referring back to the deliverance Israel experienced back in the Exodus narrative um, that, we, that we're, we've been reflecting on in most recent weeks in morning prayer. Uh, and so these, the conjoining of these things gives us uh, the idea of what the victory of Christ on the cross really means. It is an act of conquest. It is also an act of deliverance. Um, this, uh, this Sunday in the gospel lesson, we will talk about, uh, in first John, uh, St. John will be referring to, will be thinking about that which overcomes the world, even our faith. Uh, the faith of Christ crucified is the thing that conquers the world ultimately. Um, and so the, there's always this image of victorious sort of military-esque conquest that is married to this idea of divinely appointed deliverance and divinely, divinely provided deliverance. So we can't really speak of salvation as um, either the kind of victory, I, the victory of God over the world and sin and death uh, without also talking about its kind of sacrificial and deliverance quality, tying it back to the Exodus narrative of Passover um, and moving through the sea and coming out in, upon dry land and being delivered of their enemies. 
And so there sometimes in theology, these two things get kind of falsely opposed to one another. Is it really, you know, a more of a victory sense or is it more of like a forgiveness, atonement, deliverance sense? Really, it's all of these things married to one another. Um, and that's reflected as we as in the imagery of both Zephaniah and our second lesson tonight. In Zephaniah, we see after a captivity has has taken place, after the fall of the of the kingdom uh, and the dispersion of the people among the kingdoms of the world, there is a kind of um, the the mighty one who is the Lord, as Zephaniah the prophet, his oracle calls him, is mighty to save. And this is a kind of um, this is a, a phrase, an idiom for a kind of uh, conquering victor, a great championing um, that takes place. The great champion will go forth and defend his people and rescue them uh, and redeem them from their from their cap from their captors. And this is the image again of that Psalm 110, that mighty king who goes out as champion of his people to defeat their enemies. Um, and yet that champion, that mighty warrior-esque champion is also gentle. Um, he is gentle to those who are his, and he he's, he rejoices over his own that he has redeemed with singing. Um, and this is a poetic image of David again, um, David, the great sort of poet king as well. Um, so you have David, who is this kind of you know tripartite king of poet, priest, and king, and, and the Lord himself is seen as the ultimate sort of fulfillment of this image that David is. Um, he is the mighty king who goes out, the deliverer who brings in the king, the savior, the and and then also the one who sort of rejoices in songs, um, which are words meaning poems. We see this, of course, in the fulfilled in the gospel narrative where we see uh, Jesus restoring St. Peter ultimately on the side of the sea. And we see this kind of Exodus narrative play out where Peter goes into the sea and then is and then is brought brought out onto dry land to meet the Lord there on the sand and to be provided for before being sent out on his own mission. And this is kind of another picture of that Exodus uh, theme, that Exodus motif fulfilled in the gospel narrative at the, as Jesus enacts and embodies within himself all of these sort of types that have been carefully laid out in the Psalms, in the Torah and in the prophets. So. There's a few thoughts for us tonight, but I think the thing for us to remember is that um, these, all these things, are, as we go through Eastertide, where we need to uh, keep intact the unity of all of these sort of like sub-themes and images, because it helps us to understand how really robust and full uh, the, the Bible's notion of our salvation is and how, how, how wondrous our salvation that we're experiencing and celebrating right now really is. <clears throat> We'll turn now to our intercession on page 590, remembering as we do those for whom we are praying. Let us pray. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings temporal and spiritual upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble.
and do thou the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. O God, by whom the meek are guided in judgment, and light riseth up in darkness for the godly, grant us in all our doubts and uncertainties the grace to ask what thou wouldest have us to do, that the spirit of wisdom may save us from all false choices, and that in thy light we may see light, and in thy straight path may not stumble. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for being here tonight. Thanks to Rochelle and Robert, my co-leaders tonight, and I hope you'll have a wonderful uh, start to your evening. Thank, Thank you, you, Father Aiden. Thank you. Thank have you for that last call-up, too. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye.